Vaginal bleeding. Vaginal bleeding is a common complaint with broad differential diagnosis. This article deals primarily with the general approach to vaginal bleeding, the approach to workup and treatment strategies. Etiology. The etiology of vaginal bleeding can vary widely from infectious to endocrine to malignant to anatomical to physiological causes. Vaginal bleeding can be grouped broadly into bleeding secondary to gynecologic process and bleeding secondary systemic process. Gynecologic procedures can be further divided into bleeding secondary to an anatomic disruption and, and bleeding secondary to physiological disruption. System, systemic processes can be divided into bleeding secondary to an endocrine etiology and bleeding secondary to a hematologic or onco oncologic etiology. The likelihood of a given process is responsible for vaginal bleeding in an individual depends on their age and pregnancy status. Epidemiology. Any woman can have vaginal bleeding, and it's helpful to think of vaginal bleeding in terms of whether the patient's vagina is normal, in other words, women of childbearing years versus abnormal, premenarchal children, and postmenopausal women. For, for patients of childbearing age with vaginal bleeding, it is critically important to determine the patient's pregnancy status, as the differential diagnosis and workup for the pregnant patient with bleeding are different from that of non-pregnant one. Pathophysiology, normal menses. In the non-pregnant woman of childbearing year, vaginal bleeding occurs cyclically 28 days or so. This process is tightly, is tightly re regulated by interaction between the hypoth hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and ovary. Day one of the menstrual cycle is defined as the first day of menstrual bleeding. This marks the beginning of the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle during, the, during which estrogen and progesterone levels are low. Through the follicular phase, follicle-stimulating hormone levels increase gradually, as do estrogen levels. Rising estrogen stimulates the endometrium to become thicker with increasing numbers of endometrial glands. Estrogen peaks in the late follicular phase following the uh, luteinizing hormone surge, which marks the beginning of the luteal phase. Estrogen peaks in the late follicular phase followed by the luteinizing hormone surge, which follows beginning the luteal phase. This results in ovulation. The remaining corpus luteum secretes progesterone while estrogen levels fall. This results in a loss of endometrial blood supply, causing sloughing and endometrial lining at the beginning of the new cycle. This bleeding typically lasts three days, three to seven days, and about 75 cc's of blood is lost. Abnormal bleeding in non-pregnant women of childbearing age. In non-pregnant women of childbearing age, abnormal vaginal bleeding may be cyclical or non-cyclical. Heavy cyclical bleeding or menorrhagia can be severe and result in symptomatic anemia. Non-cyclical bleeding is irregular bleeding at often prolonged intervals. Bleeding in pregnancy. Although bleeding in pregnancy is not considered normal, it is common, affecting about one in three pregnancies. In the first trimester, common causes of bleeding are normal implantation of a fertilized ovum into the endometrial lining, spontaneous miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, and subchorionic hemorrhage. In the second trimester, bleeding may be related to placenta previa, placenta accreta, placenta abruption, or intrauterine fetal demise, spontaneous miscarriage. In the third trimester, bleeding is concerning uh, for placental abruption, placenta previa, or labor. Each of these pathologies has its entry discussed in its, its presentation in pathophysiology. Bleeding in premenarchal children. Bleeding in children is most commonly related to anatomical disruptions. In female neonates, vaginal bleeding is sometimes occurs as the pediatric endometrium withdraws from the stimulus of mom's hysterogenic state. And in older children, sometimes endocrine processes may lead to precocious puberty and vaginal bleeding. Most commonly, though, vaginal bleeding is related to trauma. For instance, straddle injuries, polyps or tumors, infection, inflammation, vaginitis, or foreign body. 
Although women may have non-cyclical bleeding as they near menopause, abnormal bleeding may also be secondary to simple atrophy. Other causes are similar to other groups of women, including anatomical processes, endocrine processes, bleeding diacrasias, and gynecological malignancies. The most common presentation of endometrial cancer is the abnormal vaginal bleeding, and therefore consideration must be given to this entity when evaluating a patient with abnormal vaginal bleeding. History and physical. The first step in assessing someone with vaginal bleeding, or indeed any bleeding, is to determine if the patient is stable. Vaginal bleeding can be copious, and the medical provider should elicit history for a worrisome amount of bleeding, bleeding for greater than seven days, bleeding through pads and tampons, the passage of clots larger than three centimeters in diameter, and, and symptoms of anemia. The provider should be cognizant that significant amount of blood may be lost with no change in vital signs, and so exams should carefully assessed for pallor, orthostasis, or mild dyspnea. In patients with abnormal vital signs, significant hemorrhage should be presumed to be present. In premenarchal children, history should include maternal history of first menses, child's history of potential trauma, including abuse, endocrine symptoms, and history of other signs of, of puberty. In children, speculative exam is not appropriate, but exam of the intratoitus is, is important to look for si signs of trauma, masses, and foreign bodies. In some cases, the child may require exam under anesthesia. In most postmenopausal women, history should focus on other symptoms concerning the malignancy, weight loss, easy bruising, or endocrine disease. A physical exam will often show signs of atrophy but may also give evidence of trauma or infection. Physical examination is not adequate to exclude endometrial malignancy or postmenopausal in postmenopausal women. The women of reproductive age, the provider should obtain a sexual and menstrual, menstrual history in an attempt to determine if the bleeding is cyclical or non-cyclical. Full pelvic exam, including speculum exam and bimanual exam, is appropriate. In evaluation, in premenarchal children, there is often no specific evaluation that needs to take place beyond the history and physical exam. Depending upon suspicion of other etiologies, diabetes screening, thyroid studies, bleeding studies, hemoglobin platelets, and exam under anesthesia may be warranted. In postmenopausal women who are hemodynamically stable, blood work should only be ordered as indicated or suggested by history or exam. However, postmenopausal women with vaginal bleeding should undergo transvaginal ultrasound and be re referred to an endometrial biopsy to assess endometrial cancer. A pregnancy test should always be performed in women of childbearing years, regardless of the history and sexual activity. In stable, non-pregnant women with menorrhea or menorrhagia, there is no indication for, the, for these tests in the emergency department setting. However, the outpatient workup can be extensive. Outpatient studies often lead to tests to assess for anemia and blood decreases. If the patient is having uncontrolled bleeding, the provider may need to apply pressure to the vagina to slow blood loss. Transfusion of red blood cells should be performed in patients with significant symptoms. Beyond this, treatment depends on the etiology of the patient's vaginal bleeding. In cases of mild vaginal bleeding, often no specific therapy is, requ is required urgently and workup for underlying etiology and treatment of that etiology becomes paramount. In cases of menorrhagia, where bleeding can be, can be heavy over time, and if no underlying cause can be identified or treated, the focus of treatment is to reduce the amount of blood loss. The reduction may be accomplished in a variety of ways. Differential Diagnosis Adnexal tumors, cervical cancers, cervicitis, ectopic pregnancy, elective abortion, endometrial carcinoma, endometriosis, endometritis, hypothyroidism.